Welcome to the Wolverine Digest podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Bradley. Because it's Friday, you ain't got no job, and you ain't got shit to do. <laughs> That's right. Kind of. That's right. I don't know. It feels like we don't have a job sometimes, and then other times, like we've said, it's like, it's just a, it's an absolute grind. I guess I'm getting an error here, man. I don't know. I don't think it's going live on my, on Twitter for some reason. That's the first time that's ever happened, so that's kind of a bummer. Well, I think we're rolling live on Facebook. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Um... I'm not sure why that's doing that, but I think we're good to go. All right. We're going to jump right into it this week, man. Um, no guests today. Just me and you. Just, just the boys. Just me just and you. Boys. Just Airbnb. The coolest just nickname we ever came up with. Wasn't that what we said we should have made that? The name Airbnb. Of the Airbnb. Airbnb. Yeah. Ryler Airbnb. and Brown. That Such a been missed good. opportunity. Yeah, probably some maybe copyright we'll, Maybe we'll problems. go through like something where we get canceled and then we need to go through a rebranding Reboot. and that's what, we'll, that's what we'll come back with. We'll okay. keep that one in the back pocket. All right, well, we'll see how that goes, but... Um, I just want to start by saying go blue. Week four, sir. As you just said, we're about to be a quarter of the way through the season. A third. Um, a third of the way through a the third season. third of the way. Yeah, Brandon. we're already a quarter of the way. That's right. Um, yeah, you were saying, you know, it's like, I feel like it was, you know early august or something We're like yeah. oh you know yeah. 30 foot 32 days and even before that i remember we had a specific 75 days until kickoff conversation and now it's like yeah, yeah we're about to be a third of the way through the season yeah. big 10 play starting on saturday tomorrow against rutgers so let's get right into that man i have my story uh my five specific predictions my psychic vibes whatever you want to call it um two weeks ago i was horrible went one for five in the washington oh. game Last week I was five for five. I don't know if they did a like a readjustment somewhere, but almost everywhere you look now, Aiden Hutchinson did get credit for that sack. Like yeah. I looked on the college football stats, I looked on ESPN. I actually haven't checked mgoblue.com, which might be I you know the most official, I guess, but he's sitting at four and a half sacks right now. So technically I'm gonna go with five for five for myself last week on those picks. And um yeah, hopefully. Well, we'll get into it. I don't want to give too much of it away, but we're going to call this segment. We're going to we're going to allow you to live out a dream of so many people out there in the Twitter world. They're going to live it? vicariously for through you. You get okay. to call me dumb if you if you want. Yes. Yes. I'm going to read my prediction. Honestly, man, say, I've been looking forward to this for a minute. So, don't get <laughs> yeah. don't get offended if I if I come a little bit too aggressive out of the gate. I mean, if there's an F-bomb in there, I wouldn't hate you. <laughs> I wouldn't hate you. Um, no. So I'm going to read my prediction. If you like it, you call me smart. If you okay. don't like it, um, you call me dumb. That's what you do. Right. If you enough. like it, you call me smart. If you don't, you call me dumb. We'll talk about it. We'll go back and forth. Honestly, like a lot of times you and I are pretty we're, – we're in the same boat a lot. Yeah. Not all the time, but quite a bit. 
so I'm interested to see, you know, where you fall on these and, and how I uh, how I did on this. Ah, this Twitter thing is really bugging me. I don't I know. I know. I know nobody out there can see it, but we have like our three locations, which is the Facebook page, the YouTube page and the Twitter page. And next to the Twitter page logo up there. Thanks. I didn't mean to click on you there, Kevin, but that was a nice uh, little hail I threw up right there. Next to the Twitter one, it just has a giant red exclamation point, like error, something's wrong, and it's just it's staring right at my well, face. And I, I think we've already like established that, that your the, the Twitter followers are Damn awful, it. so screw them. Well, a lot of them. But I wonder, I've actually thought about this a lot. The ones, you know, like the vocal minority, it's like it's maybe like 40 people, 30, 40 people, I think, based and there's like a handful of six, eight, ten of them that have me on alerts and follow me and want to talk to me all the time. Yet when I come back, whatever tools, I wonder if they come in here and watch. I hope they do. I'd love it. If they were in here, they don't, they don't say anything. They don't show up. They certain, they, they certainly won't join us to talk. And it's not even like a beef. Like I would attack them thing. I would just love to see who these, who these people are. They, they have yeah. a lot to say on Twitter, but not, not, not to me actually when we're speaking. So whatever. Anyways. All right. I'm dumb or I'm smart. I don't have any cool music for this. It's just going to be a conversation. Five specific predictions for the Michigan versus Rutgers game tomorrow. Number one, Chris, Blake Corum will score multiple touchdowns again. Smart call. I mean, he's, yep. he's done it. Uh, I think he scored multiple touchdowns in every single game, right? I, yep. I don't know if it's been multiple rushing touchdowns. I think he had one in week one. One of each in week one, yeah, but still right. more, than, so, more than one touchdown yeah, in each game. I mean, game. He's, he's a touchdown waiting to happen. He I think he is uh, the leading scorer. Um, right, the leading individual score through the first three weeks of the college football season. So he's finding the end zone a lot. He's putting points on the board. That's that's a smart call. So I was actually looking at that. I wrote it. It's technically how you word it, I guess, would make it accurate or inaccurate. The I can't remember the kid's name, but the kid from Marshall now has 10 touchdowns, but they played last night. So that's through four weeks of their sure. season. Okay. Yeah. Blake sitting with eight touchdowns through three games. So yeah, he's uh he's right at the top for touchdowns scored. Uh, I believe leading the country in rushing touchdowns with seven. Yeah, all purpose yeah, yards. He just he just looks like I mean it's a it's a lock that he scores once. I think it's damn near a lock that he scores multiple times. So two or more yeah. touchdowns for Blake Corm. I think that happens again. Chris thinks I'm smart on that one. All right, we talked to Richie Schneidwright about this earlier in the week about the, the struggles with. Rutgers tackles specifically, they've had some problems with their tackles. And I think that means Aiden Hutchinson has a big day. We've talked about this sack thing a lot. It seems to be a hard thing to predict, but he's also gotten on the board every week with at least one sack. I think Aiden Hutchinson has at least two sacks tomorrow. Uh, yeah, smart. Again, I, I think that's a fairly smart call. He's been super aggressive. You can see how successful he's been. They gave him Richie talked a little bit about, you know, the fear and, you know, how they're going to move Aiden Hutchinson around on that defensive line and kind of confuse the offensive line. And, you know, they won't know where he's at or how to stop him. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, if he's up over two sacks tomorrow. It just seems like I haven't broken down, you know, Rutgers film, but everything I've read about them, what Richie had to say about them, their yeah. O line, the the tackles being you know struggling against much less talented players than Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's going to be in the backfield all day. I think it's yeah. going to be a problem for Vedral, the draw. I can't remember how to say his name. Pacheco, you know the running back. He's talented. I just don't know how much he's going to be able to get loose. But I think I think uh, Aiden gets to the quarterback a couple of times. All right, this is something that has not happened yet. So the other two things I've been you know. Somewhat safe, I would guess. I would say 
But this one, I'm going to say that Cade McNamara will throw for more than 200 yards. He had 191 in the first game of the season. Oh, I'm sorry, last week, last week. 200. Dumb. Ooh. So dumb. So, so dumb. dumb. So dumb. All right, here's why. Uh, A, he hasn't done it yet. And B, I, I haven't looked at the latest weather report, but I think that there's supposed to be maybe some, some weather will be a factor tomorrow, maybe a Ooh. chance of rain in the forecast. And so I think... It's going to be another one of those you might see, you know, 13 to 15 attempts out of Cade. It's going to be ground pound for the better part of the afternoon. I think they're going to do it until they prove Rutgers can stop it. And I don't think Rutgers is going to stop it. So I would I would comfortably put Cade probably somewhere in the 130, 140 range. You know, that's actually it's it's actually a point I hadn't really thought of the the weather thing. I think Michigan, I think Michigan can do the balanced attack thing. I think Greg Schiano is going to sell out to try to stop the run. That's just kind of how he is. He's that kind of dude. But you're right, man. The, the weather, if it's a little windy, a little wet, and the running game is working, you know, maybe it's not seven, eight, nine yards of carry, but if you're getting four or five, you'll still live with that. Um, that's a good point. That's interesting. That'll be really interesting to see how that plays out, if the weather is a factor, if uh, Rutgers and Schiano really do stack the box, you know, eight, nine guys up there and dare Michigan to throw it. I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out. I think you're muted right now, homie. I feel like that'll make go. that game that'll make that game very interesting because you know, you you expect Michigan to to just dominate and be able to, to do whatever they want to do on the ground with Corum and Haskins and even Edwards, but if Shiano loads up the box, mm-hmm. and Michigan is having tr- trouble running the ball and Cade McNamara's for the first time all year in a position where he's got to throw it and there's there's weather issues there it could make for you know a, another interesting game with a Rutgers team that that looks better under Shiano I don't think that's going to be the case but y- you could see a scenario where that happens as we also discussed with Richie earlier in the week uh Rutgers top cornerback is out Max right. Melton was yep. the, the the paintball sniper <laughs> so he's going to be watching from home I would assume right suspended players probably aren't even traveling with the team yeah. but um but yeah, there's a lot of things in, in play there. Michigan hasn't aired it out really yet. They haven't eclipsed 200 yards pass. Well, one guy hasn't eclipsed 200 yards passing yet. And the weather and, and the run game and how that's working, all that. I think that does make for an interesting storyline heading into tomorrow. All right. This is another one of those like kind of lightning strikes type of things. But Michigan's been really close in all three games. Michigan will score a special teams or defensive touchdown tomorrow. Mm. I don't think it's, I don't think it's dumb, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. It's hard. Um, it's again, tough. yeah, we go. I go back to. I think. Um, I think it might be a bit of a sloppy game, which which there might be some more turnovers there. But typically, if it's if it's a you know a sack fumble or if it's you know a strip sack or whatever it is. I just don't think they're going to score um, defensively. I don't think they're going to get the ball in on special teams. Probably going to be a lot of, you know, if it's windy, if it's wet, just let the ball go, that that sort of thing. So it's not dumb, but I would say no. So this one's uh, – so week one, Blake Corum had an 80-yard kickoff return. Yep. Didn't score, but I think got pushed out inside the 10 or close to it. Uh, week two, some punt return success. I'm sorry. Was that that was week three? Week three, there was there's been punt return success. Ronnie Bell had a nice punt return. Unfortunately, when he got hurt, he was about a broken tackle away from maybe busting that. AJ Henning again last week had some really nice returns. Looks like he's dynamic back there. And then Jamon Green 
had the pick that he got pushed out at about the five or the four, whatever that was right down near the end zone. So Michigan's been close to getting one of those big splash defensive special teams plays. I think a lot of people would love to see some comments coming in. A lot of people would love to see A.J. Henning bring one back and and show exactly how dynamic he is back there. Um, So I think it's it's possible. But, yeah, this is just – this is just one of those things where it just doesn't happen very often. I mean, when a team, you know, I think it was a few years ago, Alabama had a defensive touchdown in like, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven games in a yeah. row or something. And that's like unheard of. I mean, that right. is, that is crazy to put together a streak like that. So it's, t- it's tough to do. It's just a hard thing to do in a game. Usually they're often pretty long plays and there's a lot that can happen, but Michigan's been close. So I thought I'd throw it out there and that's probably my biggest limb that I'm going out on is that there will be a defensive um, defensive or special teams touchdown, but we'll we'll see. They've got some weapons in those areas, and they've been close a couple of times. All right, and the last one. Typically, you want to stay away from this with Michigan, but Michigan will cover the twenty and a half point spread, which is a big number against yeah. a conference opponent. It's only a point less than it was against NIU, which is kind of crazy to think about. But Michigan's been trashing these things, man. They've yeah. been all over them. Yeah, it's crazy because you know Rutgers. They they seem like a decent team. They're three and zero. That's that's a pretty big point spread. But yeah, I've got I've got Michigan covering the what? It's twenty one and a half or twenty and a half. Twenty and twenty. Twenty and, and a half. half. I've I've yep. still got Michigan covering. So yeah, I think that's a smart play. If you, you know, the, Michigan's got the the fourth highest scoring offense in in college football right now. And if you look at the way we've talked about you know, what this offense has looked like over the last couple of years under the leadership of Josh Gaddis, it's gotten worse year after year down. And I think ranked in the forties and the sixties, maybe even last year. Um, and it looks pretty unstoppable at this point. They're putting the ball in the end zone. They're, they're, they're racking up yards, especially on the ground, obviously. So yeah, I'll pick Michigan to cover that for sure. They, I just, I don't, I don't know how a Rutgers team you know, keeps it close. I just, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll get into the, spe- the specifics of that a little bit towards the end when we talk about our, our actual putting our bets down and a little bit more of a deep dive into the Michigan Rutgers prediction. But I'm with you. I, you know, Michigan has doubled and tripled the spread in every game this year. It's just yeah. been, it's been very, uh, it's been a new vibe. That's normally not how Michigan operates. Even when they're a really good team, they they don't do well against the spread and they don't typically blow teams out, but they they have been blowing teams out this year. So we will see how that looks tomorrow. All right, next segment coming up. Here we go. Big Ten, big game. I don't really think it's I don't really think it's a debate. I guess we'll see. But Notre Dame taking on Wisconsin in Chicago at Soldier Field tomorrow at noon especially yeah. with Michigan playing Wisconsin the following week. I think this game is – I think it's huge. I think it's a huge game. I think it is – I mean, I don't know. It might be like three to two at the end of the game. I don't you – know, I, just, I just don't – maybe I'm wrong. I just don't see either of these teams putting up a ton of points. I just think it's going to be a knockdown drag out, and I think that bodes well for Michigan. With with Wisconsin on the schedule next week, but this is a this is a really big game for Notre Dame and Wisconsin. I know it's not a Big Ten head to head matchup, but for a Big Ten team trying to prove itself against another you know kind of perennial blue blood power, it's a big game, no doubt. 
it's a big game and Wisconsin's coming off of a bye week. And I think that, you know, they, they, they had Penn state come into um, camp Randall in week one um, and hand them a really tough loss, 16 to 10. Um, and then obviously Wisconsin went out against Eastern Michigan and kind of got, got back on track, but this is a game that, yeah, if Wisconsin, you know, if they want to carry some momentum into the remainder of the season, I think that you got to get this one. You can't enter, you know, conference play with a loss to Penn state or not really enter conference play, but you get it. The, the big yeah. 10 meet of the schedule with already a loss to Penn state. And then you add a loss to Notre Dame. I think that'll put the team in a tough spot. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I, I don't really know what Wisconsin is at this point. I think Notre Dame's pretty decent, but yeah, Michigan fans um, definitely want to keep an eye on that one because, you know, the Wolverines are going to go up to Madison just a, a week later. And um, that's a big game for Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan football program. And you look at this from Wisconsin's standpoint too. You mentioned the tough loss to Penn State. If they lose this game to Notre Dame, where's their where's their confidence at? Every right. team like with a pulse has beat them. Um, you know, I know it's going to be a home game for Michigan, but but this neutral site game in Chicago adds a little intrigue to it too. You don't get that Camp Randall vibe. I, I think it's a tough game. We'll come. We're actually going to come back to this and talk about the spread and make an actual you know prediction on maybe the score or the points. But I, I just see this as being a, a, a slugfest, man. Just back and forth, not a lot of points, and really taking a toll on both teams, I believe. Uh, li- listen to this. So if you're if you're Wisconsin, if you can get through Notre Dame, and if you can get yourself through Michigan next week, you've got Illinois, Army, Purdue, Iowa, Rutgers, Northwestern, Nebraska, and Minnesota remaining on the schedule. Iowa, the but, only tough game. Iowa was the only tough game there. Like like Wisconsin has a legitimate chance to, to win out the remainder of that schedule once they can get past Michigan. So, you know, the next two weeks for Wisconsin are going to be huge. huge. Um, and and like I said, the game for Michigan next week up in Madison, that that's the one now where we, we thought it was going to be Washington. That was going to be the game. It's not Washington. It's Wisconsin now. That's where we're going to find out whether or not, you know, Michigan's for real. Shifting gears in a tiny way. Big 10, big range. Ohio at Northwestern. Give it to me. Inject it into my veins. Chris, I will give you a whopping $8 bonus if you can name one player from Ohio. I have no idea. There you go. No idea. Huge game. What time's the kickoff? Noon. Awful. Why do I feel like Northwestern's always tied up into those awful noon kickoffs against a shitty opponent? It's like, I mean, who... Honest question. Honest freaking question. Who's watching that game? Ohio and Northwestern alums don't even want to watch that game. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. It's an ugly game. There's a, what else can you say? It's an ugly game. I don't even like talking I mean, about it. <laughs> this is one of the this is one of, this is like hazard pay. Like I'm sorry, Chris. We got a tough one today. We gotta talk Ohio at Northwestern. We don't really yeah. have to. Well that's what I, I mean. Can you imagine having to cover it? I know. It's just to get it. I know our friend Lauren, who used to do some work for us here, right, did some videos. She's running the Northwest. I might shoot her a text and be like, pumped about that one tomorrow or You're what? Right. You know, Goodness. I just, I don't know, man. It's something about the Big Ten West. Like all of those teams, like they just don't do it for me. Wisconsin, Northwestern, Minnesota, Purdue. Iowa, yeah. Nebraska. Like, I don't know. I just, the Big Ten West to me is like, eh. Yeah. So Northwestern is sitting at one and two with a bad loss to Michigan State, and they also lost to 
I just looked at this. They had, they had another bad loss where you're like, dude, what? What is what exactly is going on with them? You know, they lost a ton of uh, of production. The only game they, they lost did... to Duke. Last oh yeah, week. Duke last week by yeah. seven. Yeah. yeah, thirty to twenty three, and they beat Indiana State. So it's like, here's a here's an interesting question. We do this later on with the good games. We talk about the spreads and if we had to put some money down, where it would go. Northwestern is favored by fourteen and a half over That's Ohio. Crazy. That's insane. I don't know anything about Ohio, but I think I'm all over the Bobcats on that one with the points. Yeah, yeah. How is Northwestern going to outscore anybody by 15? I don't know. I mean, they only put up 24 points again. Was it Tennessee? I forget who it was. I had it in front of me. Duke. Uh, No, 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 no. The uh, Indiana State. Indiana oh, State, okay. they scored okay. 24 points. So even against Indiana State, they're not moving the ball. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't see it. I don't see that. I mean, I'm not going to – I don't know enough about the two teams to really touch that number. But yeah. just at a first glance, how does the Northwestern beat anybody by 15 or more? They just don't have that kind of that kind of talent on their team this yeah. year. I don't know. That's a, that is a rough, rough game. There's quite a few, actually, but that one – I mean, do you put Northwestern at the bottom of the Big Ten? Like, if you were doing, like, a power rankings, are they 14? Uh, they're pretty damn close, man. I mean, I'm looking, you know, you got Nebraska down there. Illinois is down there. Illi- well, yeah. I mean, man, the Big Ten West is just so bad. <laughs> I know. They're just so bad. You look at the numbers there, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would put them near the bottom for sure. Down there with Illinois, down there with uh... – India, even Indiana, man. I'm blown yeah, away by Indiana. What the hell's going on with Indiana? Tom Allen. I don't know, man. I was just starting to not be so annoyed with Tom Allen, and now, now he's losing again? Yeah. Big Ten West, man. Lame. That's just Big lame, Ten, man. Big Lame every week. I wonder if we could look back at that. Are we going to have any Big Ten, Big Lames from the East all season? Probably not. Dude, the East is just Probably not. It's just Man. unbelievable. It's not fair. All right. Another fast, hard-hitting segment coming up here with our over-unders. You got your five? You want to start us? I got them. kick it off this week? I'll kick it off. I'll kick, kick it, it off. off. Let's do it. All right, Brandon. I feel like I said it uh, on Monday. I just feel like it's a broken record. I feel like we're always talking about them, but it's for all the right reasons. I got Blake Corum sitting at 125 rushing yards tomorrow afternoon. Over. Over, over. And we okay. just talked about some of the reasons earlier. If it is a little bit of a sloppy game, it's going to be lots of handoffs. It's going to be lots of uh, lots of Blake Corum, lots of Hassan Haskins. I, I'm curious how much we'll see Donovan Edwards tomorrow. I know, yeah. you know Jim Harbaugh said he was going to play in the opener, and he did. Then he was pretty much on the bench against Washington, and Mike Hart said, we got to get him in there. We got to play him more. He did. He scored twice, including a long one against Northern Illinois. I'm, I'm really curious to see how much he plays. But Blake Corum's the guy. It's been it's been proven week after week now at this point. Him and Hassan are really really good together. But Blake Horm's just different, man. He's special. He's explosive. Long long plays every single week. The 80 yard kick return, the 67 yard touchdown, a 30 yard touchdown, a 50 yard touchdown. I mean, he just picks him up and puts him down. I think he's going to carry it a lot, whether it's raining or not. And until it happens, I just don't see him getting stopped. I'll go over. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I'm also taking the over. And for reasons we talked about previously, that it's nothing for Blake Corm to rip off 40 or 50 yards on one carry and to do that multiple times. So for a guy like that to get to 125, I mean, he might be there by the half. I would say I was I was trying to think of a number, and I'm thinking maybe Donovan Edwards might. That's the only variable. How much is Hassan Haskins carrying the ball? How much is Donovan Edwards carrying the ball? Even uh, even Dunlap got in, uh, I think last week. So they were playing everybody. Um, But if Blake Corm is getting a steady dose. of, of carries 125 is nothing 106 people played last week i think we talked about that but it's insane <clears throat> that number is insane six different quarterbacks 106 people total it's just that's a wild wild amount um all right my my first one i've got for you and we kind of touched on this a little bit through my predictions Cade mcnamara over or under 20 and a half throwing attempts 20 and a half. You see my Are second you question. Me, dude? The same number? The same number. 20 and a half. That's All right. Bananas. All right. Well, I let's guess. tackle it. Uh, oh, geez. I'm going. See, it's weird because I thought about this question. And I don't know what to, I mean, I guess I'm going to go under for all the reasons we talked about before. I think it's going to be a little bit sloppy. I think it's going to be run heavy. And again, until, until somebody proves they can stop the rushing attack, I think Jim Harbaugh and Mike Hart and the offensive line and the whole damn team is perfectly content just smashing the ball down the field. So yeah, um, yeah, I'll take the, I'll take the under on the 20 and a half. I was leaning over until you kind of reminded me, educated me with the weather thing. It just, yeah. It just slipped my mind, maybe because today was so freaking nice. I know the last couple of days yeah. it's been raining all day. Today was gorgeous, and now the weather's coming back tomorrow. So, yeah, I think it probably is under. Um, you know, if this game gets a little out of hand, too, you might you might see the hook for, for yeah. Cade again and just not enough time to get that many balls up in the air. So I think I think under, under 20 and a half is also accurate. Yeah. Uh, I guess you're skipping your second question because that was I'm the exact same it, yeah. number we had. That's well, crazy. That's <laughs> we'll crazy. Go to, uh, we'll go to number three. So – Again, I, maybe I fooled myself because I was—I didn't—I wasn't factoring the weather in when I came up with this. But this, you know, maybe I already know what the answer to this is going to be. So in the passing game, I've got the over/under at deep attempts, and deep attempts I qualify over 20 yards mm-hmm. at four and a half by Cade McNamara. Under, I'd say under. Again, the weather thing, and yep. like even last week, it was less than that, and they had it was perfect day out it, it was pretty clear i think that they were trying the, the shot look yeah actually they might have been close to that last week because they had the three deep ones to cornelius johnson yep i think the one to eric all was technically over 20 yards it was up over the scene it wasn't like a home run shot but i think it was like a 24 or 25 yard catch yeah and maybe they had another one to like dalen baldwin or i don't know but so i think it was close last week but again tomorrow the weather might be a factor i think the game is gonna be you know, dictated on the ground. I don't know, though, man. I'm telling you, if, if Greg Schiano comes out and puts nine guys at the line of scrimmage, he's yeah. daring you to throw the ball, and you're going to have to take some shots. So that one's going to be close. I'll say yeah. under, but I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it if it just hit like five times maybe. I'm, I'm going to take the over okay. for, the, for the reasons we talked about before. I do think Shiano is going to load the box, and I think that 
Michigan probably for the first time all year is going to have to use the pass to set up the run. And then once they get that thing going, um, like Blake Corm would say, get that thing going. Uh, you know, I think that they're going to be totally fine, but I do think Cade McNamara is going to, going to attempt a, a few deep shots. I'll take five. I would take five on the over at four and a half. Yeah. I think it could be close. I think it'd be right around there four or five. So that means you put the, you put the, the number in a good spot when you're like, yeah, ah, four feels okay. Yeah. Five. I don't know. That's where it belongs. All right, I'm going to stick with the passing game. I don't know if we're ever going to see this one all damn year. I, I just I don't know what this is ever going to look like, and we've had this discussion before. So it's anyone, anyone in a damn maize and blue jersey with four and a half catches. Anyone? No. <laughs> That's no, crazy, dude. That's crazy <laughs> no, no, because because I see more of the same where it's, you know, it's it's passes out of the backfield, you know, quick slant. But I just I he's he's so good at spreading the ball around and getting mm -hmm. it to different receivers. It doesn't feel like there's one guy in particular. He feels like he needs to get the ball to. So maybe that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't see, I don't see anybody getting over four and a half. You said four and a half, right? Yeah. Which is crazy so, to me. That's that, not that a big number. It seems like such a stretch, but I'm going to say under, I think I would too. I'll I take mean, your what, leading receiver with like four receptions, 76 yards. What's the, what's the most that someone's had in the game this year? I think it's three. I, I can look it up real quick if you're going to do your over-under. Okay, under. I'll do a little talk thing. Yeah, I think it's three. It might be Blake Corum, too, who's obviously a running back. So I, I, this one is just, I mean, again, I'm, I'm much more confident in what Michigan can do through the air than after the first two weeks. It just looked, it just looked good last week. Now, again, it's Northern Illinois. They were pretty much getting whatever they wanted. When you're running for 10 yards a carry, you open things up in a massive way. I get that. But I liked the timing of it. I liked the play design. I liked, you know, throwing it up and letting your guy have a chance. I liked all that stuff. I liked those shot plays in college football. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a combination of who's the guy, you know, who's your go to guy, and and the, the sloppiness of the game specifically tomorrow, the the script of the game where I think they're gonna have success running the ball. And again, I was being kind of facetious and joking, but I like how many games this year do you think someone will have five catches, five or more catches? Well, let, let's put it this way. So on the year, Cornelius Johnson and Blake Corum lead all receivers with six receptions each. Outside of that, the next highest is Baldwin and Eric All with four receptions on the year through three games. So yeah. at four and a half, you're essentially asking if you're if you're going to go over four and a half, you're thinking a receiver is going to go out and double the production. <laughs> double their production. It's just it's not going to happen. I mean, if somebody gets four receptions in a single game, that will be a season high for whoever it is. So there you go. It's just it's been the it's been the opponents. It's been the effectiveness of the run game. Effectiveness yeah. of the running game. It's been you know pulling you know. Again, pulling guys out at halftime last week. I mean, Cade yeah. McNamara was out at halftime. So, yeah, I mean, and the starters across the board. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm, I'm curious to see how that looks all season long. All right, what you got? Right, um, I think this right, is I'd the be, fourth one now, right? Fourth one, yeah. I'd be surprised if this wasn't on your list given the nature of our conversations earlier in the week. But, you know, we talked about A.J. Henning was only on the field five snaps, I think, against uh, NIU. We're both in agreement that he, you know, he doesn't have to be on the, the for, out there for every offensive snap. But with a guy who is that dynamic with the ball on his hands, it just seems like he's you got to have him on the field more than five offensive snaps. So, I've got the over under for Henning at eight and a half offensive snaps on over. Saturday. I think over. over. Okay. I think um, 
it's you know i actually don't have this that's a really good really good over under to come up with though because we have talked about it and i think it is something they need to try to do i think it's a combination of a couple things one i think he showed that in minimal touches he's explosive and every yeah. time he got the ball he did something with it just about and i also think the words that i heard about donovan edwards not like I know they do, but I feel like the coaches are really aware of how much guys are playing and like wanting to get good players on the field. And AJ Hang is a good player. So I think yeah. you, you know, they, you get in the flow of a game and you don't, I think it's real easy to forget who's been in and you're not keeping track of snap counts. But then you go back and you look at the film. Like, I'd be shocked if they didn't go back and look at, holy shit, AJ Henning only played five snaps. What are we doing? Like, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if they had a moment like that. So I think, I think over eight and a half. I mean, that's not a lot. You know, you expect the offense, you know, I, again, game script and how it goes. And if they get ahead by a lot, maybe the starters are in there for 40 snaps, 40 yeah. plays. But the entire offense is probably up in that 60 to 70 range. You know, dep again, depending on the flow of the game, if it's a lot of runs, the clock runs more. But Michigan is a no-huddle team. They do have some up-tempo aspects of their offense. We haven't had to, they haven't had to do it. I mean, they're not going to run no-huddle you know, snapping it with 28 seconds on the play clock right. when you're up by 50. Um, so all of that plays a factor, but I, I think, yeah, I think he needs to be. I don't know if he will be, but he should be, but I'll still say the over. I'll take the over for, for that very reason, because he needs to be and he should be. And so, you know, if there's anybody that that looked at, you know, the, the, the game numbers after the fact and, and saw that he only played five snaps, I would agree with you. I would think that there would be an, um, a thought that you got to get him out on the field. He's just got to play more than that. He's one of your marquee players. So um, I'm glad that he's been out there on special teams and I look yeah. forward to seeing what he can do there. But, you know, from an offensive standpoint, even if it's just on the jet sweeps or those quick end rounds, He's so effective. You got to have him out there. You got to get the ball in his hands. All right, I like this next one. We don't put a lot of focus here, but this was this was interesting coming off the sixty-three to ten win. Brad Robbins, the punter, could have stayed in the dorms. He didn't touch the field last week. Did not punt a ball in a massive sixty-three to ten win. Um, tomorrow again, I expect a saltier defense from from Rutgers. I expect Michigan to have a lot of success, but I think Rutgers can play a little bit there. The weather. Brad Robbins over under three and a half punts. Over. Okay. I'll take I'll take over. I keep going back to what we talked about before. I just think the, the weather conditions, the flow of the game, I think Michigan's probably going to be up comfortably for a while. And I think, you know, I, I don't want to say they're going to take their foot off the gas, but I just don't think there's going to be as much of an emphasis to, to move the ball down the field. So I could see him getting, you had it at three and a half. Yep. Put it at four punts. I think I'm going to go just under. I think when you can play an inferior team like last week and not punt once, and I mean, you yep. score 63 points and you've got backups to backups to backups playing and you still don't punt, I think Rutgers is better. They're certainly better than NIU. Be interested to see Rutgers and Washington play right now on a neutral field. Right, yeah. But, yeah. but you know, I don't know how good Rutgers really is. They haven't played anybody very good yet. Um, yeah. But I think Michigan's going to be pretty efficient. I don't think they're going to have to punt it away too many times. I doubt. I, I, there's no way he can go two weeks in a row without punting the ball, right? I mean, that's yeah, crazy. I don't think that's so. Crazy. I mean, even in any game against any opponent that your punter never even steps foot on the field is crazy. So I'll, I'll put it under, but I think it could be close. This is another one where I'm like three, four is like, uh, I'm getting a little nervous about four yeah. points. So I'll, I'll say under by 
by a touch, by a touch. All right, sir. I got my final one here. Yep. I've got the longest rush, the longest run for Michigan on Saturday set at Hold 40 on. and a half yards. I was just, that's so, I was going to say 42 and a half. So we're in the, yeah. in the ballpark again. So I guess I'm going to go over. I, mean, I just, until Blake Corum is bottled up for a day where he doesn't, you know, dust a safety on his way to the end zone, I'll just keep thinking it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Again, more talented than Rutgers. I think they're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of opportunities for run for for rushes. They're gonna they're gonna run it a lot. I, yeah, he's just really good. I don't yeah. think it's anybody else. I think it's him, and that's probably it. You know, Donovan Edwards has that. I don't know how much he'll play tomorrow. We'll see. But I think, like I said, until until it doesn't happen, I'll say it's going to. Yeah, I mean the offensive line is balling out, and I think all three of those guys, Corum Edwards. Um, Haskins, all of them have the ability to rip a big one off. And I think all of them have at least in one, you know, once in each of the first three games, I'd have to go back and look, but it seems like all three of those guys have gotten loose at least once. Um, and you're right. I think Blake Orm's probably the most likely candidate. He just seems like a guy that's going to take one 50 plus yards every single time he's out on the field. He's, he's like a ticking time bomb just waiting to go off. So yeah, I'll, I'll hammer the over on that easily. And, and shoot, man, don't sleep on Michigan's effectiveness of doing these reverses to Henning and Roman Wilson. There you go. Yeah, Roman Wilson, Henning. Um, I mean, shit, oh, man, you could even get Andrew Lanning. Yeah, something. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of guys yeah. who, could, who could pop off a big play. We've seen it from A.J. Henning. He had the really long touchdown. Roman yeah. Wilson was about a shoestring away from taking one to the house last week. So, yeah, I think you've got plenty of guys, plenty of speed out there who can pop one long. But I think – if the if it's the field, I think it's definitely over. Even if it was just Blake Corum, I think I'd probably yeah. still take the over. So Matt, maybe I should have set it at at two and a half rushes of over forty, <laughs> over 40 and a half. Yeah, you know, it's, maybe uh, that's a better way to look at. I think it. Michigan I think would still take the over. I think Michigan has a couple long runs. Yeah, I'd be I'd be I'd be tempted to to hit on two and a half over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they've got a lot of exciting players on offense. So I think I think that'll probably happen. Um, all right, this is something that we've talked about every week. Um, Every week because of the opponents, every week because of the way the game has played out, and every week because we're really curious about what it looks like for the rest of the season and certainly in the future. How many quarterbacks do we see over under one and a half? So you're essentially saying, is it Cade wire to wire? Do we see JJ and the others? Or maybe it's just maybe it's just JJ for a quarter or whatever. So simple. Quarterbacks in the game, one and a half. Last week it was freaking six. Over, it's not going to be six. Yeah, because I think I think you're going to see McCarthy, and I think you'll see Valari out there maybe on a. I don't know. You know, we we heard about <laughs> we heard in the preseason. You know what that they there was this plan for Valari and how they were going to use him. And, Taysom Hill. I mean, yeah, based on what we've seen so far, like I don't know. I don't know if there's more to what he uh, what he was practicing there in the off season, but. Um, you know, it's good to see him out on the field. I could see Michigan playing three, three quarterbacks on Saturday. So we'll go over. I think over too. I think we will see. I think we will see JJ um, at least. I yeah. I guess if if Valari gets in there for a, a gadget play or a couple of you know QB power runs, like technically that would count. I was thinking more, more. Cade and JJ like actually running the offense, playing, but that that would count. Yeah, and we did. Yeah. I don't think we've seen Valari and. Have we seen him in every game? In all three games, I believe okay. he's come out and he's because I I remember it under the lights. I feel like and I feel like yeah. we saw it first week one. So yeah, so I, I mean, guess they're trying to one... do it. There's 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 at least I feel like they they're willing to give him at least 
three or four plays on a series and see where it goes. We did not see JJ against Washington, right? We didn't. Uh, we did not. Okay. So, so maybe we'll see. I mean, if the game is closer than it was against Washington, maybe it's Cade wire to wire. And then maybe you do throw Valari in there for a gadget play or you need to yeah. pick up a short yardage. Or I think maybe he was in on a two point conversion attempt also. Yeah, so I, I think mean, so. I, yeah. I think all of those would, all of those would be on the table. All right. And then I've got one more, right? Cause you're done. Cause we had the same one. Yes. Yep. Okay. Michigan, you mentioned, I think you made a mention in one of the earlier segments that Michigan is third or fourth in the country scoring. They're averaging 47 points a game. Yeah. So there's the number. Over under 47 points against Rutgers. I'm going to take the under. I just think okay. it's going to be a bit of a slower pace. Um, but it won't be by much. I could still see them getting up in the 40s. I just I don't think that they're going to be knocking on the doorstep of 50 tomorrow. And if they are, then, I mean... You know, you're looking at this offense and you're thinking, is is anybody going to be able to slow them down? And obviously you point to Wisconsin, but man, if they can, if they can have another outing where they're knocking on the door 50, kudos to them. I'm going to take the under as well. Just a little bit. We'll do our predictions here in just a few minutes. Um, and the number that I'm on is, is less than 47. It's really that simple. I just kind of think about how the game could go back and forth again, the, uh, the, uh, the pace of play, if you're running the ball a lot, the clock's not stopping as much. The weather, we've mentioned a bunch of times now. Yeah, I think it's – it's. I just think it's a – I think it's still going to be pretty lopsided. I think Michigan yeah. wins by quite a bit, but I don't know if they quite get to like the 47, 50-point mark in this one. But still a pretty productive day for Michigan's offense. So Did I will you see take that? the over by just – or the under article? by a little bit. I put out earlier today about – I didn't realize that this is the third highest point total they've had through the first three games. I saw since that. Tw well, 2016, they did it. And then 1976 would have been the last time. And so, you know, in 76, they won the conference championship. Obviously, we know what 2016 looked like. So, I mean, yeah, I get that their opponents haven't been all that great, but they're still on a pace that they just have not been at historically often. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the offense has done some really good things and, I expect more more of those good things tomorrow. I don't know on what level exactly a the weather. High-octane, high-performance, point-scoring Michigan offense. Is that what we have? It's been that way so far. I don't – well, here's a quick little – this is a nice discussion question before our final segment. Yeah, let's hear it. Would you call it high-octane? I was thinking about that as I said it because it's more of like a It's bully a super-efficient bully man ball approach. Yeah. I mean, they scored – they scored usually, a ton of points last week. But. You, I was going to say, usually bully ball is like 13-7, you know, and you're just yeah. pounding on each other all day. But three yards I, in a cloud I feel of dust, like, not 10. I feel and, like when you're, you know, when you're averaging almost 50 points a game, yeah. I think you can call that high octane. And if you look at the way Blake Corum carries the ball and, and some of the big plays that they're ripping off, yeah, I would say it's high octane for sure. That's it's, just, it's, it's a big play offense. It's on the ground. But, I mean, dude, they're ripping off 40, 50-yard plays like yeah. it's nothing, man. That's an interesting question. I always, I think if any time I've ever like thought about the words high octane or written it, like I'm thinking, you know, a bunch of big passes and it yeah. hasn't been, but dude, if you score 60 points, I don't know how you can call that. I don't know how you can't call that high octane. Yeah. You know, like you said, the average and damn near 50 points, top four in the country. Almost scoring. 10 yards a carry. You yeah. Know, the leading rushing attack in the country. I wonder how other uh, people would, you know, if you just grabbed a bunch of Michigan football fans and asked them to just give their opinion on yeah. high octane. Is this a high octane 2020? Well, it's not modern. 
It's not a but it's also offense. not ten or five yards in the cloud of dust or whatever yeah. all that. So it's not that either, you know. It's interesting. It's, That's I don't know what it topic. is. It's kind of like a it's this nice little hybrid of smash mouth football and you know what what we've been wanting to see, which was an Take explosive offense, right? This this whole speed and space philosophy. I know we don't like to bring it up, but we've seen more of that this year than than we've seen ever since Gaddis has been here. So I mean, it looks really damn good, and and yeah, I would say high octane for sure. When you when you're when you're ripping off fifty plus yard plays on the ground routinely, yeah. High octane. All right, we'll finish up with place your bets. Rack it up, Chris. We're getting rich this weekend, bro. I'm putting ten k down on these games. Wow. Not doing I might that. put a K, like a K. Speaking of this, dude, last night, Thursday night NFL football, for those of you who watch and are into this kind of stuff, I drafted Christian McCaffrey number one overall in my fantasy league, and I had him in three or four separate parlay bets last night, and he freaking goes down in the first quarter with a hammy. Poor bastard. Really, really put a damper on my evening. Yeah. I just want to throw that out there. Really put a damper on my evening. All right. Only three games to talk about this week, Chris. As uh, for people who have been tuning in, we've adapted this a little bit rather than it just being random and grabbing games here and there. I'm just going to look at the ranked games. When two ranked teams play against each other, we're going to throw them on the slate. We'll talk about it a little bit. We'll look at that spread, see what we think. And then, of course, we finish with Michigan, regardless of who they are playing against. So the first one is probably the one we know the least about. I'll, I'll admit I don't know a lot about these teams. But the number is kind of interesting. The fact that Arkansas is ranked number 16 is pretty interesting. But it's number seven, Texas A&M, against number 16, Arkansas. I believe it's a neutral site game because it said versus. It's not It's not at Arkansas. But Texas A&M is favored by five and a half. First of all, do you know much about these? Have you seen anything about what they've done? You would, do you even know what to say about that number? I, I've heard a little bit about Texas A&M, that they, they look legit. They look like they're having a good season. I don't know much about Arkansas at all, but, you know, Arkansas, if they're a top 20 team, um, you said it's neutral site? I believe so. I'm looking that up right now. What is it? Five and a half? Five and a half for the A&M. Yep. I'll take, I'll take A&M in the points. Okay. Okay, you think A and M covers? You've heard enough about A and M. I've heard enough and so little about Arkansas that I'll take I'll, I'll take uh, AM and the points. So so what Arkansas is hanging their hat on right now is that they beat the piss out of Texas in week two. Yeah. 40 to 21 they beat Texas. Now Texas doesn't look as good as they did at that time, but they were ranked number 15 at that time. Um I'm trying to okay, it's at it's at uh it's in Arlington. It's where the te- it's where the Cowboys play. So okay. it's, it's, yeah, it's so- in Texas. Technically Arkansas is the home team, but it's actually in the state of Texas. Right. Um and Texas AM is favored by five and a half. I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you. I think I'd take Texas AM to cover. Um, you know, until again, you beat Texas by 20 points. That's pretty impressive. I mean, like I know they've been kind of a, a tire fire for a while there, like you know. A, a slightly worse version of Michigan, if you be, if we're being honest, you know, yeah. should be much better than they are. Has a recruiting advantage over just about every program in the country, and just hasn't been able to put it together. But Arkansas handed it to them. I don't know a lot about what Arkansas is doing in terms of, you know, how they're able to get these wins. But they're three and zero. They beat up on Rice. They beat up on Georgia Southern, and they beat up on Texas. Honestly, yeah. they've done 
pretty much like what Michigan has done. Two inferior opponents beat the beat the crap out of them, and then the one team that was supposed to be pretty good in week two, they beat up on them too. So yeah. this could be a good one. But Jerry World? Jerry World? Yeah. Mm. I might have just talked myself out of it, but I think I'll still go with Texas A&M in the points. Good call. Come. All right. We're going back. We're going back to – Big Ten. Big game. Wisconsin and Notre Dame at Soldier Field in Chicago. The Badgers are six-and-a-half-point favorites of this one. Noon game, big game, neutral field. Yeah, I'm going to take Notre Dame here. I'm going to – you know, it's, it's, it's Soldier Field. Um, you know – there, there's plenty of Irish over there in, in Chicago yeah. after living there for for a number of years. So th- I think the the home field advantage there will be a home field advantage there for Notre Dame. Um, I'm polling for Wisconsin, you know, because I want Wisconsin to win. I want you know next week's game with the Badgers to be um, as hype as it possibly could be. But I'm going to take Notre Dame, and I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be another one of those that comes down to the wire. Um, but yeah, I'll take the Irish as much as I hate to do it. God damn, I hate Notre Dame. I I am I am really torn on this one. I don't think I would put any money down. Have you seen Rudy yet? No. I won't watch it. What a waste of time. Unreal. Some little walk-on slapdick for Notre Dame. Why? I don't want to watch that. <laughs> and he's a hobbit. Like, I'm not watching that. You're in the industry, though. You, have, you can't be in the sports industry and not watch Rudy. I think I've seen the bulk of it. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched it from start to finish. And I don't know if I ever will. I don't know if I ever will. It's unacceptable. I think I'm taking the Badgers. I think I'm taking the Badgers. Notre Dame has not been that impressive. They've been in a dogfight in just about every game they have played. I know Wisconsin lost at home to Penn State, and they haven't exactly been like a force either. Man, this is a tough one. This is a tough one, but I'm going to take Wisconsin to cover. Maybe it's right at about – they probably end up winning by like six. That's probably what happens. You know, yeah. if you're putting money down, you want them to cover. They win by six. They fall a half a point short. That's a really tough one. I'm I'm interested to watch the first part of that game. We'll miss part of it in transit to the stadium and then getting into yeah. uh, the press box, but we'll be able to catch the end of it before Michigan kicks off. So I'm really interested to see how that one plays out. Get a little closer look at Washington as Michigan prepares for them next week and, you know, see if Notre Dame can beat them up a little bit, you know, and then hopefully – nice wins though you want wisconsin to win you don't want you don't want washington 2.0 i mean that game was supposed to be all world you know even though they weren't that good but losing to montana sucked all the air out of that one before washington even got to ann arbor you want wisconsin coming in off a win yeah, that's yeah, I mean, if yeah. you're going to Soldier Field and they lose to the Irish by 21 points, it's, you know, all of a sudden that game and next week with Michigan. I don't know. I don't know if that would put my mind at ease or not. I don't know if that would make me less nervous or more nervous. Throw this up there real quick. Yeah, that's right. Jerry Jones is an Arkansas alum, so he's he's hosting that pretty big game. That's that's kind of cool, I guess. And yeah. whatever. We'll see how that game plays out. Arkansas has been, you know, they're better than they've been in a long time. So people are excited about that. All right. Last but certainly not least, we've talked about it um, a lot. Michigan Rutgers, Michigan favored by 20 and a half at 330 in the big house. We'll be there. We'll be bringing you all the latest. What do you think about this number? We talked about, we, we both are firmly entrenched in picking Michigan to win, but this number yeah. is large. Hasn't bothered Michigan yet. They've, they've covered every game by a lot. Do yeah. they do it again? 20 and a half. 
I've got them at 21 points. So I've got okay. Michigan 38, Rutgers 17. Um, I think they're going to give up some points late to Rutgers. Uh, but I think, again, it's it's mostly Michigan for the, the bulk of the afternoon, just kind of hammering away, and, and they get out of there with a relatively easy win. And then we can get to next week and start talking about some interesting football with Michigan and, and some big games. So let's just get this one out of the way. Michigan 38, Rutgers 17. I wonder – just to just to piggyback on your comment real quick, you what do you think the players are thinking? Do you think they're thinking like that's just get this one out of the way? Triple no. overtime last year, man. I don't. I don't. I, I mean, you listen to a guy like Blake Corum talk about wanting to kill everything in front of him. And I just, I think this team's wired different, man. I think that this is a, it's going to be a business approach. I think they're going to come out hungry. I think they're going to want to make a rough day for, uh, for Rutgers. So I just think the mental makeup of this team is special and I expect them to handle their business. I have got Michigan winning 42 to 14. So another pretty big day against the spread. That's a 28 point win. I don't know if I would go like if this if this was like twenty one. Honestly, like if this was twenty one and a half, I, that one yeah. extra point really really changes it a little bit a little bit in terms of what the scores can be and how you how you put points on the board. But I, I would take I would take the cover here. I would take Michigan to cover twenty and a half and and beat up on a pretty big spread for the fourth week in a row. I mean, they absolutely crushed it last week. It was twenty one and a half. They won by fifty three. Yeah. And then against Washington, it was only six and a half and they won by 21. So, I mean, it's been, it's been pretty lopsided every week, obviously big one against, against Western. And they, you know, they won by a lot there too. So I'm going to take them again. I'm going to, you know, they've, they've shown me some things that travel. This is something I was talking about with a couple buddies, like everything Michigan seems to be good at works and yeah. travels most of the time. Yeah. Physical offensive line, running the ball, not making uh, self-inflicted mistake, you know, self-inflicted wounds. Not making mistakes. Not turning the ball over. I think after three games, you know what your team can do, and I think they're pretty good in those areas. Yeah, it's a smart team. It's got some senior leaders that takes things really seriously. It's got some organization in it with, with Mike McDonald on defense that I don't think was there under Don Brown. Uh, am I slurping yet, dude? Is it happening yet? You are. You are. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. A little tiny one at the end there. <laughs> Chris, I'm yeah, excited, dude. We're going I'm to week excited. four tomorrow. Um, or today. A third you're listening of the to this. way through the season. Yep. Just slow Michigan down. It's Rutgers. like your kids growing up, man. You know, like I was talking <laughs> to my son about that today. He turned seven October 6th. I'm like, slow the hell down, man. Just, wow. You know, he's like, well, then pretty soon I'll be 10 and then I'll be driving. And then it's like, Jesus, so... My little guy's coming up on two, man. He's coming up on two. I mean, he's a little ways off still. January, he'll be two, but it's coming yeah. quick. Time is marching on. I mean, dude, all summer long, we just like can't wait to go to bed and get up because I'm a day closer. Can't wait to go to yeah. bed and get up because football's a day closer. And now we're we're just marching through the season. It's going to be the halfway point, and then it'll be Thanksgiving weekend before we know it. But before all that, Michigan will get Big Ten play started against Rutgers. I think another easy win. We've talked about all the reasons why. We gave our predictions. Um, and then Michigan should be sitting at 4-0 for that huge contest in, in Madison, yeah. which we will also be at, which I'm super pumped about. I don't doesn't get much better than that, right? I'm excited, man. Camp Randall, I can't wait. That's bucket list stuff for me. Bucket list stuff on a Friday. Because it's Friday. 
You ain't got no job. And you ain't got shit to do. We got a little bit to do. We'll get it done. A little bit. Thanks for listening, yeah. everybody. We'll see you on Saturday after the game.